Welcome, everybody. Welcome to a, a quick podcast that we're putting together for Christian Witness to Israel North America. I'm Greg Kite. I'm the media director for CWINA, and I have with me Mitch Tepper, who is one of the missionary, or is the missionary for CWINA as of right now. Uh, and so I wanted to get him on, and we wanted to just give you guys something to listen to and to talk about and to help you get a little bit more acquainted with the world of, of mission, uh, missions to Jewish people, uh, especially with what's going on in North America. And Mitch is a big part of that. Uh, along with Stephen, who's the director of ministry for CWI, who you'll see come on to this show uh, at some point in the near future. Uh, but I wanted to get on first and just introduce Mitch. Mitch, how are you doing today? <laughs> I'm doing absolutely fantastic. Uh, as it looks, it looks like I'm in uh, Jerusalem uh, with the um, with the wall behind me, but it's only my heart that's in Jerusalem. I'm really in uh, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania right now. No, you can't. <laughs> There's, you would never be able to tell. <laughs> that flag is just perfectly for this. <laughs> it, it, it reminds you of the flag when that when we were on the moon, right? <laughs> there you go. There you go. Awesome. Well, all right. Well, I just wanted to quickly uh, introduce you and then uh, ask you a couple of questions. The main thing that I want to cover today, and obviously these are going to be fairly short episodes for those of you who are listening or watching. Uh, these will be fairly short episodes just to get you sort of, you know, something to engage with with us. Um, but I want to first start off by laying sort of the foundations. I want you guys to know who Mitch is, and I want you to be able to understand where he came from. So, Mitch, if you would just give us your testimony, how you came to Christ, um, you know, your background as as a Jewish person who is a believer in Christ. Sure. I am a Brooklyn boy to start off with. So we have Brooklyn in the house today. Uh, I uh, was born in Brooklyn, 1955, April 8th, 1955. Believe it or not, I was born on a Good Friday Passover evening, which is obviously very important, uh, whether you consider yourself Jewish or just Christian. It was um, uh, Good Friday and, and Passover are the, the day that uh, that uh, Jesus, or as we call him in Hebrew, Yeshua, was crucified. And that was the day I was born. So that was my, my first sign that something was going to happen <laughs> with me. Uh, and here I am, uh, 65, 66 years later, sharing a testimony here with you guys about how I came to the Lord. But um, in Brooklyn, uh, grew up in not a Jewish area. Uh, it was mainly an Italian area. Now, just so you know my background, my both my parents are Jewish. My dad grew up Orthodox, but slowly became an atheist through uh, being a veteran of World War II. Uh, my mom uh, has a Jewish mom who became a Christian scientist, but hmm. her dad uh, was Italian, Roman Catholic, and uh, they... Her parents got divorced at a very early age. Uh, obviously, most of the time that uh, she spent as a child was with um, her mom. And like I said, her mom became a Christian scientist, but she always felt herself Jewish. Met my, my dad probably right around 2021. Uh, they got married right before he went away to the war. And uh, they lived at one time... Orthodox as an Orthodox Jew, because that's how my dad grew up until he went away to the war, but slowly changed to uh, secular Judaism, uh, you know, which I would guess you would call reform at that time, which I was brought up in. So I was brought up in a, in a reform home, uh, 
it was I who usually went to Hebrew school. Uh, the only reason I kind of went to Hebrew school was just so, not so I could learn Hebrew, not so I could learn Judaism, but it was because of when I turned 13, I got to be bar mitzvahed. And at my bar mitzvah, uh, it was not about becoming a man to me. It was a kind of big, it was about a big party <laughs> that I was able to have. Sure. <laughs> and lots of money that came along with that party. Uh, the funny thing is, if you know anything about bar mitzvahs, uh, which I'm sure Jesus Yeshua was, was, was bar mitzvahed at 13 as well, the bar mitzvah was the, the time that uh, you are from boyhood to the time of responsibility, manhood, where you are now responsible for keeping law. Right. Uh, I never looked at it that way, and, um, uh, and I understand it now more than I ever did. So growing up after my mitzvah, I kind of shied away from uh, from Judaism, and I slowly but surely got more involved with very not just very secular um, Jewish life, but not even at all. I didn't even equate myself with being Jewish at that time, other than the fact that I lived in a um, in that Italian neighborhood, which loved to call Jewish people like myself the few Jews that lived there. Christ killers. So I grew hmm. up with the moniker of a Christ killer. I remember running away from the, we used to call them hitters. They used to, the Italian uh, uh, boys that were my age group, man, they used to chase us, us, us Jews around. And back wow. then they used to shoot us with the BB guns. We used to run away from them. I remember back then how difficult it was being Jewish in an Italian neighborhood. Hmm. I, I happen to be very close to Borough Park, which you might have heard of. It's a very orthodox Jewish area. It is about two or three miles from me, but just two or three mile, miles is a whole different world when you're yeah. in, 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 a, in the boroughs in New York. Hmm. So I grew up with that. I saw myself not never did well at school, um, probably because of the ADHD back then. They they didn't give us Ritalin when you had ADHD, <laughs> you know. Uh, so I was able to live out my hyperactivity, uh, but um, <laughs> so didn't do great at school. Uh, but at the same time, I I I knew that. Um, that God had something planned. It's, it's weird how you know at an early age, God had something planned for me, even though I slowly wasn't even sure if I believed in God. And, and I, I would say I went on a path, a path of agnosticism. Hmm. Um, being a child of the 70s, being brought up, you know, uh, born in 55, uh, child of the 70s, my sister was five years old. She happened to go to Woodstock. Uh, my parents, because we used to be upstate, and before we got on, I told you a little bit about Catskills. And, you know, the uh, Woodstock was very close to where the Catskills are. In fact, it would be considered the Catskills near Kingston, New York area. Okay. My sister went to that. My parents said I couldn't go because I was only 15 at the time. <laughs> and uh, in 60, not yet. And uh, in late 69 or 14 and a half, I guess, when they had uh, Woodstock. So I wasn't able to go to that really bummed me out, but I did get into the whole, I guess you would call it the sex, drugs, rock and roll of the seventies. Mm. That's what, what kids my age were doing. So I got involved with that. Uh, and even though I did not have a, a remarkable high school uh, record, uh, I was able to be accepted into American university in Washington, DC. I spent two years at American university 
in uh, Washington, D.C. And as I was there, I floated away from uh, a lot of my beliefs as, as a Jew and got more into, into Eastern philosophies, got into that whole scene. Uh, I was at school for about two years in Washington, D.C., had some experiences. Well, maybe we'll talk about them later, but not today. <laughs> Let's put it this way. I did not get, I did not graduate American University, came back home after two years to Brooklyn and continued with the, with that, that, that same, you know, counterculture lifestyle mm -hmm. that uh, I started getting into right when I went away to college. Uh, my friends who were still in Brooklyn, cause I, I, I went to DC. They all stayed in Brooklyn, went to some community college in, in Brooklyn when I came back. We will still live in that lifestyle. I, I would, will, will even admit to being a deadhead back then. <laughs> I still don't mind listening to the dead, but I was a deadhead back then. Still continue to do the whole counterculture, sex, drugs, rock and roll thing. Mm -hmm. And then realized after some bad experiences, I, I just wanted out of this. Yeah. Uh, meaning I was done with the drugs. I, I knew I was supposed to look for something else. All of a sudden, everything had a deeper meaning to me. I would listen to music and instead of it just being good sounds and good times, they, I, I knew there was something deeper that I wanted to see. I would look for it in the music. I would look for it at every part of life. I would see things. In other words, I, and I, I, I will admit this, that even though I know that drugs didn't, wasn't a wonderful thing for me to get involved with, it, it did put me in a position even though I didn't, I was, was trying to stop uh, doing drugs. It put me in a position to see things in a deeper sure, level. Some providence of God and all yeah. that, yeah. The way God works mm -hmm. and God used that in my life to have me see things in a deeper level. I realized I did not want to be with, with the guys I was with. I did not want to be at home anymore. My parents, you know, uh, I, I, you know, you know how it is with kids. As a teenager, you don't feel your parents. And by now, I'm like 20. You just don't feel your parents understand you. Mm -hmm. uh, Will Smith sung about that, didn't he? <laughs> you don't feel your parents. Parents just don't understand. There you, go. you don't feel your parents understand. Yeah, I didn't want to live the lifestyle my friends were living. I wanted out of that. So what was the choice? I'll go to California. Hmm. So I literally packed up my bags. I didn't, I, I didn't move to Beverly Hills, but pretty close. <laughs> now I'm starting to sound like the Beverly Hillbillies, right? But... <laughs> Get my bags, drove, and I got some people to drive with me uh, that I never met from ads. But I ended up uh, in California alone um, and didn't know what I was going to do with myself. I just knew I had to get away. Mm -hmm. So here I am in California. I had money saved. I was on unemployment from my previous job before I left, and uh, but didn't have a ton of money. Uh, and figured, what am I going to do now? Well, I thought about certain things, you know, you know, I'm 20 years old now, almost 21. And I will, I am going to go back a little bit to explain one, one incident that happened. It's very important. When I was still in Brooklyn, before I went to California, um, I went to a, a mall, believe it or not, the mall that I'm speaking of, Kings Plaza, is very, very close to where the Brooklyn Nets play today. <laughs> who I absolutely adore. Uh, and the Barclays Center is right there. But um, I went to this, this, uh, this mall, 
And in the mall, a Jew for Jesus sees me. And it was my first encounter with a Jew for Jesus. He must have seen this wonderful profile of mine and said, there's a Jew who <laughs> went right for me. And he started talking to me. He started talking to me uh, about, about Jesus. And, and he handed me a track. And um, I, I guess I knew Jews for Jesus are, are, were around because when you look on the floor of the mall, there were Jews for Jesus tracks everywhere. Sure, so of course. You, right. you know you're close. <laughs> you can sniff them out. There, there are tracks everywhere on the floor. So this, this Jews for Jesus, he's talking to me about the Lord. And at that time, like I was saying, I was into the Eastern philosophies. I was mm-hmm. reading Kahel Cabran and the prophet. Hmm. I was listening to Mahatma Gandhi. I was doing the Maharishi's um, uh, TM, which is the same thing that the Beatles were doing. So I figured how bad could that be? They didn't do anything bad. <laughs> well, I didn't realize I was I was chanting the name of a Hindu god over and over for right. 20 minutes. Who knew? <laughs> so I was doing all this, and this guy was saying, all these guys have pride you're talking about. Now get out of here. What do you mean they got pride? I don't even understand what that meant. They had pride. They seem like humble people to me. Mm-hmm. So we're talking, and finally I was like, I had enough. I said, I had enough of this. And as I'm walking away from this Jews for Jesus, he turns and says to me, I know somebody who didn't accept Jesus and died the same night. Now, this is you have to remember, this is over 45 years ago, but I still remember it like it was yesterday. So what did I do? I got in my car. I ran home, read the track that he gave me and said the sinner's prayer. And then the next day went on with my life style. Yeah. You know, even though, I, like I told you, I was trying to get out of that. But uh, it was like I just put it aside. And I, I wouldn't say that, you know, we use the term born again. I wouldn't say I was born again at that time. But I will say a seed was planted that I still remember 45 years later. Right. Uh, okay. Back to, back to California, figuring out what I'm going to do. I decide I loved acting. I've done acting before. Uh, so I, believe it or not, talk, you want to talk about, one is a good old um, uh, odd couple. I met a non-practicing Muslim hmm. and me and him became friends and decided we become roommates because I had enough money because I was living in my car a little bit there because I, I, I was trying to save. So together we figured we could get an apartment. So we have he wanted to be an actor as well. Hmm. OK, in fact, I met him at Universal Studios, believe it or not. <laughs> so here we are. This non-practicing Muslim from Persia, which is what they called Iran back in the 70s. Right. It's Persia. So we got this non-practicing Muslim from Persia, Iran, and a non-practicing Jew from Brooklyn come together and become roommates. Okay. Great. It's a, Wasn't that a, it's a sitcom. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Believe me, it was a sitcom. <laughs> so we both want to be actors. We, we're both working. He comes home from work one day with a list of theaters, theater groups. And, you know, me being the Jew, I see on the list of theater groups, as I go down, one that says Hollywood free. And I'm going, Hollywood free, that's perfect for me. Us, we, first of all, don't, don't, us, don't us Jewish people kind of own Hollywood, plus it's free. I'm going to go there. So I said, <laughs> let's go to Hollywood free theater. So we go to the Hollywood free theater. He sees the place. He says, uh-oh, this is Christian. I'm out of here. And I'm like, what's going on? The guys who were there said, don't worry, we'll drive you home. Okay. So I stayed. My 
roommate left and I decide that I'm going to see what's going on here. I recognize people's faces as character actors that I've seen on TV. Um, and they were also obviously Christians. And I didn't realize this was a Christian theater until obviously they said so. My roommate noticed it. Uh, the other thing is I noticed some names like there were um, uh children of, of, of actors, famous actors. So there were some famous last names there. And I recognized the names, recognized these faces of these character actors. I said, this is a great place to be. So they're doing this play called Freedom. And the play was written by someone who became a good friend of mine later. It was written by uh, somebody for the Bicentennial. And it was going to be performed at a place called Angelus Temple. Now, Angelus Temple... It was like the first mega church. Amy Sample McPherson, who started the Four Square Movement, and, and Jack Hayford eventually, in fact, he did take it over by, by the 70s when I was there. Um, so we're going to do this play in this big mega church. And they gave me a part. And one of the guys, I only found this out two years ago, one of the guys goes up to the writer and director of the play and says, You realize that this. This guy is not Christian. And the director says, I know, but I have a feeling about this. So, you know, I, I think the Lord wants me to have this guy, you know, be in the play. So he says, you're in. So I'm rehearsing for this play. And as I'm rehearsing for this play, these guys are just loving on me. Not like the guy who says, I know someone who died the same night. These guys are yeah. just loving on me. Right. And I have with them we would go out we would do rehearsal we'd go out and we'd eat you know um and it was my first former fellowship with a bunch of people who all they wanted to do is have fun and eat <laughs> you yeah. know they didn't want to do drugs and anything they didn't want to have fun and eat and rehearse on the play so when we're rehearsing for this play there was one person who lived around the corner and she would come she was a Jewish woman come and she would sit, watch the rehearsal and she would witness to me. You know, some of these other people weren't really witnessing, witnessing. They were just loving. But she would witness to me, you know, because she was Jewish. I was Jewish and we'd talk. I would tell them about the experience that I had, uh, you know, it, it, at the mall because it was the only time I really was witness to before. Um, so time is moving on. We're getting close to the time of the play. I'm getting really nervous because the play is going to be really soon. Uh, and all of a sudden we get up to July 3rd, it's the night of July 3rd. Uh, this woman who's been witnessing to me, uh, we got together. She knew I was nervous. The play was the next night. She's we're together that night. And she says, would you like to you know, go to a movie maybe and relax? Hmm. So July 3rd, um, uh, 1976, this movie opened called The Omen. You've heard, I'm sure you've heard of The Omen from yes. 1976. <laughs> so it opens up. And in Hollywood, you know, they have 24-hour theaters. So, you know, we, we, we're talking. We, we, had a, we had a meal, I think. And afterwards, it was after midnight. It was, and I think it was sometime one or two in the morning uh, that I couldn't go to sleep. We end up seeing this film, The Omen. She's sitting there explaining to me, this is off the wall. But then it ends, the movie ends, I don't know if you knew this, with, with Jesus coming back, coming back in the clouds. And that's how the movie ends. And so we're talking. 
Uh, afterwards, we have coffee. I still am having a hard time uh, going to sleep. No, I'm going to be doing this big play the next day. And now it is July 4th because it's like four, like something like four or five in the morning. She says, let's 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 sit and talk. So we have coffee. We talk. And she says, you think you're ready to accept uh, Jesus? I said, look, you know, I and I explained again the whole incident that happened to me. And I said, I, I don't want to be scared into this. She says, no, 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 no. It's just me and you. All I ask is pray with me and just be sincere. I said, okay, what do I got to lose? So I pray the, the prayer. I follow her in a sinner's prayer. I, for the first time, I knew, I felt what, what, you, what you would call the, the Holy Spirit, what I would call in Hebrew the Ruach HaKodesh. I literally felt it come into my life. I just knew it, okay? It was an existential moment that I knew that this was real. Not like what happened in, you know, after the mall when I ran home or drove home. This was real. And it was at that moment that I knew that, that I was a Christian, that I was saved, that I was born again. Just That's awesome. John 3. Uh, yeah. And that night we did the play. I walked. I'll never forget this. I go into the, into like where the dressing room is in the church area. And, um, and everybody saw the smile on my face. And they knew something. And I said, well, I accepted Jesus last night. So I accepted Jesus before I got on stage for the play. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah. So, so the play, the, 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 you know, they have the uh, afterwards, after the play, the, 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 the stage party became like my born again birthday party. It was awesome. And so it was at that time. And that was 45 years ago on July 4th, hmm. 1976, the country's bicentennial. I got saved, and I guess the rest is history. That's awesome. <laughs> well, that's that's a, an incredible testimony, and a lot, you can see a lot of God's providence at work in there. And so I'm we're going to leave it there for now, but I, uh, I appreciate you telling that story, and we will build on that the next time we get the chance to chat. So thank you guys you for listening and watching. Yeah, definitely. Thank you guys for listening or watching, and uh, we'll see you in the next episode. Oh, God bless you. Thank you so much.